Welcome to the Freedom City Church podcast, a podcast designed to help your faith thrive. We hope you enjoy today's message. Um, so, uh, Lord, uh, just pray for Andy as he delivers um, message again this week. Uh, just pray that you would open our ears um, and our hearts to the words um, that you will speak through him this morning. Um, just pray that um, anything that's not of you will fall by the grace of God. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you. I always worry when people say that anything that's not in you falls from the wayside, that no one hears any of my message. (laughs) What did you hear? Nothing. It all fell to the wayside. So today I'm just going to, it is what it is, I'm going to just jump over here, get the first one up. And for all those who read their Bibles, who reads their Bibles in up? I read something, I read a statistic that 40% of Christians never read their Bibles. That's, and only 4% of Christians read their Bibles every day. That's, um, read your Bibles, it's good. Well, my name's Andrew. Um, it's good to see you with that zinger there. <laughs> well, I'm going to church. So everyone, I'm not putting you feel to everyone who's on Facebook. Um, I hope you're doing well on your holidays, sipping your Mai Tais and whatnot in Singapore. We're joking. They're having a good time going to see family. Um, so those who are sick, you can't be here as well. We miss you guys. But like we were saying, off the back of church camp. Your microphone's a bit loud. My microphone's a bit loud. Yeah. Nisha's just been given the, the iPad very quickly. Is that better, Jess? Yeah. That's better, right? Tough. Say hi to someone next to you while they're drinking coffee. Tell them what have you been doing this way? Hey, Sarah. That's How you doing, Stu? Hi, Reese and Yeah, right. How you going? Coming off the back of the kid, I'm not going to lie, I really struggled to prepare for this. I really struggled because I just wanted to go back to camp. I wanted to go back to freezing cold, you know, patting kangaroos, holding babies, drinking coffee, just relaxing and abiding in God's love. And that was, last week I spoke on the abiding in God's love, where it talks about Revelation 2 that we um, Jesus says, this is the thing I have against you, that you've abandoned your first love. And there's this whole thing of us that, coming back to our first love, actually looks about, looks at looking at our inner life, looking at who God is, but who God is to us now, after the cross, after the Holy Spirit came uh, during Pentecost. And today's Pentecost Sunday, and see it says, but first love, I'm not preaching on your first love again. There's a little comma there. You can't see the comma. There's a comma there. And that changes everything, doesn't it? But first, love. Because today is Pentecost Sunday. And for those who've never recognized Pentecost Sunday, the Pentecostals love it. We're part of a Pentecostal church. But also, biblically, it is 50 days after Passover, there's Pentecost. 50 days after the death and resurrection of Christ, 
Passover is, sorry, Pentecost is something that we really need to recognize because it is in the Christian calendar and it is in the Bible. But what it does, anything that's in the calendar, why do you have someone's birthday in your calendar? Why do you have it in there? I had a few answers there. I was trying to listen to five It's so you remember to remind you. So it's like maybe you do it on the day, maybe you do it like you remind yourself a few days beforehand. But it's there as a to remind you of something that happened. Because your birthday is every year, but the day of your birth only happened once. Pentecost in the calendar, this Pentecost Sunday that we celebrate is every year, but it only happened once. It happened once, 50 days after the Passover, after Jesus' death and resurrection. So it's a commemoration and celebration of the receiving of the Holy Spirit by the early church. And that's why we sang that song uh, to finish it, our Holy Spirit. Because it's, the church received the Holy Spirit after Jesus' ascension in Acts. Jesus said, it is better that I should go that the Holy Spirit should come. That's pretty big. That's pretty big to say, hey, it's better that I get out of the way because the Holy Spirit needs to come to earth. The Holy Spirit needs to be here. And I think what we need to do is we need to look at Pentecost a little bit to understand it. What I'm going to do is I'm not going to preach a long message because I want to actually create space, like we did last week at camp, to actually create space for us to sit and reflect. Apart from the parents, we have all the kids. You won't be able to sit and reflect. But for the rest of us who kicked our kids out of here, we'll be able to sit and reflect, have a cheeky nap. Yeah, it's always funny when someone you hear snoring in your in your sermon. Yeah, that's okay. It's an Pentecost, and Jesus has to be <laughs> I heard it a couple of times last week. We were on care. We were on care. Alright. So we're looking at the day in history when Christianity became empowered from on high. This was a good day. Say say it's a good day. It's a good day to have a good day. And what it did is it threw everything on its head. Pentecost flipped the tables. I call Pentecost the cheat code. Who knows the game Age of Empires? You want to know the game of Age of Empires? And who remembers some of the cheats that you can put in to get extra cash? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Out of all the ones we could remember, there's Big Daddy. Alright, so it's a cheat code. Let's move on. You can tell me afterwards. Disappointing that you can't remember. But let's look at the Bible to better understand Pentecost. And what I'm doing is I'm going to uh, jump from uh, Acts 1 6 to 9. Then I'm going to come out a little bit and go from 2 1 to 4. Not that the part doesn't make sense, uh, it's necessary. It's just this is the, 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 the crux of what we need to understand. So Acts 1 verse 6 to 9, it should pop up here. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He, he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. This is the ascension. 
we're talking about the ascension of Jesus Christ. Two words here. Power. The word, that, the Greek word for power is dunamis. Dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. The power. The explosive power. Yes. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? That sounds exciting. Oh, the dunamis stuff. C4, all this sort of stuff, blowing up stuff. You know, the power from on high. Yes and no. We'll get there. The word witnesses in Greek means is maturia. Maturia means to actually tell of what they're saying. So say someone sees a car crash and you're like, oh, I saw the car crash happen. This is what happened. You testify to what you're saying what you experienced and what and you go and we are witnesses and we tell people. But the word actually goes a little further and maturia, the witnesses, actually have to do with the witness itself. So I'm gonna witness, I'm gonna tell, but if we start going and unpacking the root of the word, it actually goes into the person themselves. The person who is giving the witness. Like imagine like you're uh, I've got two kids, Charlie and Ollie, so um, Ollie's like, ah, oh, Charlie pushed me, or oh, oh, Charlie did this, and Charlie's like, no I didn't, this is what happened. I don't trust him as a witness, he's four. I don't particularly trust him as a witness, but is he a witness? Yes, but there's something about your character, there's something about the fruit of your life that actually adds weight to the witness that you share. Are you with me? So Acts 2, 1-4, then we jump ahead and it says, The coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Megs is doing an awesome uh, little service with the kids right now. She brought a fan in. And then all of them hear the, you hear the sound of the fan, they're putting streamers, you see the tongues of fires, you see the streamers, you feel it. Because I'm really excited to hear what the kids have to say afterwards. I don't trust Charlie's witness, but I'm really excited <laughs> to hear what they have to say. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of, as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So in Acts 1, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. It is better that I should go, that the Holy Spirit should come. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will become witnesses to the world. Dunamis Matulia. Sweet! That seems pretty good, pretty straightforward, right? Jesus, you've done anything, return, send the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, the the third part of the Godhead, the one that we all forget sometimes is actually God. Um, but I've been, I've been around long enough, like I was saying, I think I was mentioning to Charlie before, like I grew up in a crazy, crazy church. I've been Pentecostal for a while. And I've heard a lot of Pentecostal messages. I've heard a lot of messages on Pentecost about the power from high, and to, I really, really believe it, that we are in and power from on high. I have seen miracles. I don't know if you've heard the story where I, I prayed for someone's swollen ankle and it, it went down, but I didn't wait around long enough for it to actually go down. 
because I was like, oh, I was pregnant, and I just walked off. You know, it's like, I've seen though, people pray, their legs become the same length. A shortened leg become the same length. I've seen financial breakthroughs. I've seen, I've seen people be prayed for and the oppressive spirits leave their body. Now this might seem weird, but this is all fruit of what they say Pentecost is about. To go be witnesses, but it says go in the name of Jesus, casting out demons, making disciples. You know, these are the things that the Holy Spirit was sent to do. We can't be weirded out by it, by our tradition or our past or our background. We can't be weirded out by what the Bible has asked us to do. But what we need to do is better understand it, because otherwise what we're going to do is we're going to put it in a bracket where we don't understand it. Or we're going to put it in a too high basket where we're like, well, it's good for someone. Maybe it's good for the pastor. Maybe it's good for um, that weird spirit guy. Can I... I used to be called the super spirit guy in my old church. And people made fun of me because I loved Jesus. How weird is it? Dave remembers this. How weird is it that people would make fun of you because you really, really love Jesus and you pray for life? Anyway, that's my that's my end of that. <laughs> but I, the power, the power of Pentecost, I believe that we should. Whatever tradition, wherever we're from, whatever our background, that we should walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God through the Holy Spirit. I believe that we should believe for financial breakthroughs, for miracles, for healings. We should. Why? Because Jesus did, and it says in the Word, that He will do greater things than I did myself. That is the will of God, is that there is a miraculous, and she talks about this all the time, there's a miraculous and there's the mundane. We are to live in both the miraculous and the mundane. We're supposed to live in a place where we see things happen, where we see the miraculous happen, but we're also supposed to live in a place where every day is a gift, and the way that we live every day matters as a witness to the world. So I believe, yes, I believe in the power of Pentecost, but I want to take a kind of sidestep today, because I want to talk about the power, but I also want to talk about something else. Because, I heard something for the first time the other day, and I don't know if you've ever done this before. You hear, you hear something really, really cool, and you're like, you get out your phone and you type it down in your notes. If you've ever heard something like, I need to remember that, so you type it down in your notes. So I did that the other day, because it struck me, and it sat with me, and I was like, I, this needs to be written down. But I also, being a pastor, I thought, one day I'll preach on this. So I, I wrote this down about three months ago. And as I was preparing for this message, the statement came to mind. It should come up on the screen, actually. Don't elevate the gifts of the Spirit over the fruits of the Spirit. Love is first. Don't elevate the gifts of the Spirit over the fruit of the Spirit. Love is first. Typically, when we talk about the power of God, we talk about the gifts. What is my gift? How have I been, been empowered? How have I been empowered to further the kingdom, to reach the nations? But if we actually look at this verse, it says we can't actually elevate, or we shouldn't elevate the gifts of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit. Love is first. And that's heresy for a Pentecostal pastor. Why? Why would you say that, Andrew? You're Pentecostal. You're supposed to be training people into Pentecostals. No, no, I'm a spirit-filled believer. 
in the Pentecostal movement. I am a spirit-filled believer in the Pentecostal movement. And I want to remember and thank God for His power. The power that saves, the power that heals, the power that changes, that transforms. I want to thank God for the, the God of, that He's a God of breakthrough that He's done before that He will do again. I want to thank God for that and recognize that without it, we wouldn't see the miracles and the change in the world that we see. But I want to ask you a question. Well, two questions, actually. What is power without love? What are the gifts of the Spirit without love? What is power without love? Power without love actually seems quite dangerous. I don't know if you've seen some of the governments around the world. There's some governments that are really lacking in love. Power without love is dangerous. But when we talk and we start talking about the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and what we've been empowered from high by God to do, anything that does not have love is dangerous. Anything that doesn't have love. Well, actually, I'll, I'll give you a verse that gives a better example of that. 1 Corinthians 13. Who knows this verse? This verse is read out at so many weddings. So many weddings. And little do people know what they're actually talking about. Little do they know what they're talking about. But it's okay, because I think it, it does work. It does work. But I think if we start to unpack it, particularly in the context of the message today, we might look at it differently going forward. Or we might just... Um, the verses that we could use as the wives submit to your husband at weddings, you know, things like that. Oh, that's not as funny as I thought it would be. Anyway. <laughs> Alright. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. When's the last time you were called a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal? Well, I was called Super Spirit. I was actually called the other day, someone said I was a different kind of pastor. At church here, this is like, Andrew's different. I'm like, I've, I've been sitting on that for a while too. You <laughs> <laughs> see, I went from, what does she mean? It means a lot. And if I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, quoting that verse, faith is the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seed. Mustard seed. You know, quoting that verse. But have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, if I to deliver up my body to be burned as a martyr, but have not love, I gain nothing. Martyrs were recognized and honored in the biblical times. Love is patience. This is where we pick it up. Just after we talk about martyr, bing. Love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy. Sorry for those who are about to get married or use that verse at your wedding. It still counts. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As the prophecies, they will pass away. As the tongues, they will cease. As the knowledge, it will pass away. Is it morning? 
For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. There's a lot in there, but I'm just going to unpack all of it. Plain and simple, a noisy dog. If I do not do things in love, it's just a plain and simple. If I, if I do not serve or care, if I do not prophesy, or I do not pray, or I do not use my gifts that the Lord has given to me in love, it is nothing. Josiah Gregory is a scholar who wrote this. People of little religion, it's not little, but of little, so small religion. In the Bible, when we say little or small, it means that you don't have much. You are little faith. You are immature. Ye people of immature, little religion are always noisy. He who has not the love of God and man filling his heart is like an empty wagon coming violently down the hill. Just get that picture. An empty wagon coming down violently the hill. It makes a great noise because there is nothing in it. Josiah. Prophesying, tongues, faith, these are spiritual gifts, yeah? And like I was saying, dunamis, the dynamite, the explosive power of God, that's what we want. We want to see people, their lives change, we want to see miracles, we want to see things shift in the atmosphere like we are talking about before, whatever that means. But without love, they are nothing. Just a clanging symbol, no substance. The Holy Spirit has come and has filled our lives. And all we want is what He can do to empower us. So, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. So, imagine if I gave you a gift, Christmas Day, I gave you a gift, and you received the gift, and then you ignore me the rest of the day, how do you think I might feel? Do you think I fully understand what has just been done? Because the gift is something separate. God gives us power. The Holy Spirit comes from on high. He empowers us. But the whole point of God giving to us is so that we can enjoy and participate in communion with Him. If, if I was to say, so I remember John Bevere wrote this. Imagine, we're like, all right, I love my partner. I love them so much. They're so good. I love Meg's wife. I love her so much. She's the best ever. She, she makes me so happy. Oh, I'm so in love. I, I give you so much of my, my affection. Imagine, I'm saying all these things, and Meg gets into the car next to me, and I'm just like, oh, I just love Meg so much. Meg's just sitting there in the car. She's so good. She's so amazing. She's, and I'm just driving along, talking about how much I love when I'm not actually connecting with the person I'm talking about. He's right next to me. The Holy Spirit is right next to you, right with you. The Holy Spirit is with us 
something that filled our lives. And I think we missed the point when we elevate the gifts above the fruits. And when we elevate the fruits above the love. So like I was saying, I've been around this Pentecostal stuff for a while now. But the Spirit came on Pentecost to do more than just give us superpowers. To give us more than just, I can pray and believe. Let's look at Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. Who thinks the ESV Bible is the best version in the world? You do? The name of Jesus. <laughs> NRV, Ivy, I thought you said Ivy. I almost respected you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it's NRSV actually, so. Uh, it's, I love them too. Life by the Spirit. Oh no, I'm preaching about love. Uh, 5.13. You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. We spoke about this um, last week again. Love your neighbor as yourself. The law was fulfilled by Jesus. He didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill it. And now what he does is he preaches a new law because he is a rabbi with authority, because he is Jesus. He is able to preach a new gospel, a new law. And what he says is, love your neighbor as yourself. As I have loved you, you love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other, which is a fair call. So I say, here we go, walk by the spirits and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, the spirit was contrary to the flesh. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're like, I don't want to do what I'm about to do as you're about to engage in a bit of cheeky Facebook gossip. You're like, I know I shouldn't respond to this, but oh, my flesh is crying out to, to troll someone right now. You're like, oh, I feel, and you're like wrestling. Have you ever felt that there's an eternal battle going inside of you where it's like, this would be so nice to do this, but the other side of you is like, oh, I really shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's the flesh and the spirit. That's fighting. That's contrary. I call Meg's my spirit. That's my true. But she's my conscience. I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, I need to post something on Facebook. And she's like, ask yourself, Andrew, should you do that? I'm like, of course I shouldn't, Megs. But I want to, you know. And it's like, so I don't. That's why I haven't been active on Facebook. Because all I would post is anger. So I say, walk by the spirit. Who wants to walk by the spirit? I want to walk by the spirit. They are in conflict with each other, the flesh and the spirit, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. You are under the new law of Jesus. The better law. The better promises. 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. I love that they say obvious. Because it's obvious. It's simple. It's obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, don't do witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, so we always talk about the fruit of the spirit and we forget to 
and clear the stuff before it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, and <laughs> I forgot the rest of it. It's love, joy, peace. Did anyone sing that growing up? Or I, sang just a different, really... I sang a different version. You sang a different yeah. You sang the NIV. I can still remember. Yeah, NIV version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sang the superior version. I love, we have extra fruits added to ours. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, <laughs> kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified pride, flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Since we live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit came to transform our lives. The Holy Spirit, when we are in salvation, I don't know what you believe. There's some different beliefs about when the Holy Spirit enters your life. But I'm a strong believer that when you receive salvation, the Holy Spirit enters your life. The Holy Spirit then takes you on something called the sanctification journey. The way I describe it is it's like a, a travelator at, at the airport. If you stand on it, you're going to keep moving forward. The only way that you can actively not be sanctified by the Holy Spirit is to turn around and walk the other way. It's like, screw you, I'm not going to be sanctified. No, if you want, just by the pure proximity of the Spirit in your life, the power of God in your life, there's a sanctification journey that you go a transformation journey that you are changing from glory to glory. We can't do it externally, but it's only internally that the Holy Spirit can do these things. Because what does the Holy Spirit actually cause to happen in our life? The fruits of the Spirit. Yes, Pentecost has a commission with it. Go therefore make disciples of all nations. Yes, there are spiritual gifts that we manifest through the power of God. But what is the point if it is not done in love? What is the point if it is not done in love? Do not elevate the gifts of the Spirit over the fruits of the Spirit because love is first. Faith, hope, and love remain. Love is the greatest. So let's ask these questions today. Instead of asking, what is the power living inside of me? What can I do? How can I use my gift? Let's ask these questions instead because the Holy Spirit didn't come just to give us gifts. The Holy Spirit came to be with us, to connect us to the, to the Godhead. Let's ask these questions instead. Is the Spirit of God making me more loving? Since I've become a Christian, am I more loving or am I less loving? If you're less loving, that's a worry. <laughs> am I more joyful? Am I more peaceful? Am I more patient? Am I more kind? Am I more good? Am I more faithful, more gentle? Does the Spirit of God help me practice more self-control? I don't know. Only you know that the Holy Spirit is within you. You will know. Because that's what the Spirit has come to empower us to be. As well as the gifts 
what we do, everything comes from a place of I am loved by God. The Spirit lives within me. And so everything comes first through what is going on in the inside of my soul, of my life. The place of love is a place of transformation. And from there we witness to the world about the good news of Christ. You know, one of the things that I really, really believe is that your character and the fruits of your life are very important when you witness to people. And I believe that the only way that we can truly have eternal change in our inner life is through the Holy Spirit. The inner life will be impacted and changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit. If I come up to you and I say, hey, you should stop doing those things or you should turn from your sin, turn from Jesus and I go and smoke a couple of durries and drink a bottle of whiskey and I go and punch someone. Are you going to be like, yeah, I might give that a miss. There's something about the power of God, yes, the power of the Lord, but knowing you are loved and knowing the transformation that comes through the love of God and the Holy Spirit is going to make your witness, your maturia, to the world so powerful. It's about God. The Pentecost is a picture of power, yes, but of love. Because he sent the Spirit so we wouldn't have to follow law, do animal sacrifices, all these things that the Old Testament asked us to do. He sent the Spirit to, to be a seal to make us the temple of God. I think Pentecost, if we focus just on the gifts and the power, we, we, we forget that God wants there to be fruit in our life and love in our life. Pentecost is a picture of love. I wrote something down the other day and I thought it sounded pretty cool, so I thought I'd tell you about it. Power is best exhibited by the loving restraint of it, not the frivolous nature that we can assign to it. Power is best exhibited by the loving restraint of it, not by the frivolous nature that we can assign to it. You know that God could have crushed us in our sin. We were enemies to God. It says that in the Bible. We, even when we're enemies, Christ died for us. The restraint of His power talks more about his love than we realize. The whole Old Testament, he held back from actually crushing his chosen people. I think we understand that God is not controlled by power, pride, or ego because God is love. And when we look at Pentecost, I want, you to, encourage, I want to encourage you, God is love. Pentecost Sunday, yes, we are powerful and high, but let us get the first thing right. Love. I am loved, and through the love of God there will be fruit, and through the love of God there will be power. And from there I will be a good maturity to the world. Let's not pray for more power. Like I said, a birthday, the power was given on Pentecost. It doesn't have to be given to Let's not pray for more power because the Holy Spirit is that conduit for us. But let's pray that everything we do be done in love because we know that we love. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray just a, 
I want to create a space here for a moment. Just every eye closed. Just with every eye closed, I want you to ask that question as the Holy Spirit answers them. With amazing. I want to ask you a question. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Have you ever prayed, Holy Spirit, make me the temple of God? Come into my life. Maybe you haven't. Or maybe you have and you just don't realize that when I receive salvation, God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. What I want to do right now is I want you to respond to God. It says, like in the passage I wrote, we read earlier, it says face to face, to yada, to know God. Yada, the Hebrew word, means face to face. That I would know God, I would know His love, and I would see the fruits and the power of His love in my life. Pentecost Sunday is a day for the love of God. So every heart closed and every heart prepared, so eyes closed and heart prepared. Do you want to know the love of God in your life? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just awaken our hearts to you. That you would open the eyes of our hearts to understand that you are with us, that you are within our beings. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would help us know that we are loved, that we are empowered, and that you are transforming us from glory to glory. Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you do. And Jesus, we lift your name on high. So right now, I just pray that we would understand just how great, how wide, how deep, how long the love of God is. And Lord, I pray for the fruits. Lord, I pray for anyone who is struggling in their faith right now, particularly if they're they believe that their flesh is winning the battle of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we just call forth the power of God in your life. We declare that Jesus gave authority through the cross for us to speak in the name of Jesus. And anything according to his will will be done. So on Pentecost Sunday today, I pray for freedom over the mind of mental health in particular, I just pray for freedom. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring a healing balm where there's been brokenness and cracks, where there's things that are seeding through. Father God, I pray that you will bring restoration to those minds. And Lord, with that, I pray to the emotions as well. Holy Spirit, Lord, 
I just pray that you would bring, once again, that healing to the emotions, where emotions are maybe caught. I want to see it as like the emotions are backwards, the way that people should be feeling, they're not feeling. It's almost like you're caught in either a long GM or you're caught. It's almost like you flipped your, your automatic car into reverse and you're trying to go forward. It's just a shift. Holy Spirit, I pray that you bring that freedom, that shift to the people's lives. Lord, I pray for an unlocking of emotions where we have said things in the past that I'll never cry again. That men don't cry. That I need to be strong. That I just have to get over it. Lord, from our, from our families and people who have spoken over us, Lord, I just pray that you would unlock the emotions, the godly emotions that you have given to us. Uh, I feel the word fear. That someone is locked up in fear. I don't know what it's about. Actually, yeah, fear of being alone. If people truly knew who I was, would they actually want to stay around me? Fear of being alone. Yeah, God, your perfect love casts out all fear. It says in your word that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Your name is Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, I just pray for these minds, these souls, that people realize that they are not alone, that you are with them, Holy Spirit, that you're transforming them, that you're changing them. And I just want to remind you, a few people here actually, that it's a journey. It is a journey. You might not be where you want to be, but you're closer than you were before. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you transform and change because you are love. So in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the cross. We thank you that you poured yourself out from high on the day of Pentecost, that you have empowered us to live lives that are miraculous and fruitful in the mundane as well as the, in the, the power. God, I just pray that we would recognize today that you are working, you are changing things bit by bit. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Woo! Woo! One of the things I, I think is so important is that anything that goes on out here, you know, we can look at it, we can try and control it, but I believe that the big change starts when we actually stop going around and circle, trying to change behaviors, trying to change things on the external, and we actually just go in and we say, what on the inside is God doing? Because God is always doing something. He's always changing. He's always transforming. All right, all right. Fantastic. I love you all. You are fantastic people. I'm going to preach next week. It'll be just as funny, just as powerful, just as fruitful. I'm um, Join a connect group. Get in there. 
chat to someone. If you have a kid, you have 30 seconds and then we release them into the wild. So go and pick them up, go and pick them up and then get the chance. Ask them what they learned today in the, the, the service. Um, but please, we've got a whole bunch of cookies over there. We have a whole bunch of coffee over there. Um, if you need to have any questions about anything, please go to Tim, because he did really well before. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom City Podcast. If there is any way that we can help you survive and thrive in your everyday life, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd want to know more about who we are, just head to www.freedomcityfremantle.com. Until next time, take care.